Welcome to the Today's Market Explained podcast, hosted by Brian Castle. Brian has been a financial advisor for over 35 years and is the founder of Four Star Wealth in Chicago. He will be sharing the most important investment opportunities out there in ways that are easy to understand and hopefully even easier for you to benefit from. Brian will also be interviewing subject matter experts who can give insights into new and exciting investment opportunities. To see all the best video highlights from every episode, please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Now, on to the episode. Welcome, everybody, back to uh, the Today's Market Explained uh, video and podcast series from Four Star Wealth. Uh, as everyone knows, we do market commentary episodes, uh, and we're ready to do another one here this week. But we also do interviews with really innovative, unique uh, players in the business world who are making a difference, making changes, doing positive things, and we people that we want to meet and, and people we want uh, the public to meet. So today we have Michael Kading, and Michael is the CEO of Norhart. Now, you probably haven't heard of Norhart, but um, Michael's an innovator in the real estate construction business to the point that he's been able to bring costs dramatically down, and we're going to hear about that. And these are changes that we think could be very well in the industry going forward. So uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Mike, uh, well, welcome to the Today's Market Explained. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we, we talked a little bit in the pre-discussion about uh, what you do and, and your firm. So tell us uh, about your firm. Yeah, we're a company that builds and manages apartments, but we're really focused on improving the way that apartments are built by incorporating technologies and techniques from other industries. You know, if you look at other, uh, other industries like manufacturing, they've improved productivity in the last 60 years by 760%. Agriculture wow. has improved by 1,500%. Do you have a guess of what construction has done in the last uh, 60 years? Yeah. 10%, basically oh been flat. It's terrible. It's awful. There's not many industries that are that bad. If you think about it for a moment, like imagine if other industries did the same productivity improvements we have, like a cell phone would be a $10,000 brick. <laughs> so all we're doing is we're applying those techniques and innovations from other industries into our industry. And there's radical room for improvement. So that's not really going on right now, then you're saying? Not to that extent, no. And there's a lot of reasons why that is, but uh, but yeah. Interesting. Well, I think we're going to delve into that and what that means for the investing public. But so, so Michael, um, you're not naturally, you didn't roll out of bed and become a real estate developer. So um, you, you, but you did kind of jump into this in a, in a, a, a sad way, unfortunately, but it's worked out actually to your, to your, to your benefit and our benefit. So yeah. let's tell that story. So how did you get into this, this business? Yeah, my parents originally started the business uh, when I was young. So I've kind of lived in construction in some ways for many years, but also been distant from it. And the reason that is, is I, I never really wanted to be part of the business because I didn't want my parents or I didn't want people to think I, I was given to me. And so I wrestled with that quite a bit, eventually worked over my amigo and realized, hey, this is an opportunity to take something small and grow to something much larger. So I joined it with my dad for a number of years, and we doubled the size of the company. Uh, but then a few years in, my dad suddenly passed away, uh, and that was really rough. Um, 
I wasn't really ready, if I'm very honest. <laughs> and so we were faced with all these problems to the point where cities, uh, there was a city that shut us down twice on one of our projects. And we just had problems rolling in. And all we started to do was just solve the problems. We were naive. We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know the right way to solve the problems. We just started solving the problems. But I think that is where the magic was. We weren't following what the wrestling industry was doing. We were just trying to do the best job that we could. And that was the spark to start us off on a journey to radically improve things. Nice. So in a way, because you were not naturally a builder yourself, you uh, didn't have all the industry baggage, let's say, industry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can also hold industries back if everybody does something the same way. So you came into it with a more innovative approach. And so you've been able to, to apply some new things and new processes to the real estate development business that's reduced cost dramatically. Is that so that's the yeah, message? Absolutely. Yep. Great. So tell us about those, uh, those technologies and processes. What are you actually doing? If you can share your secrets with us. Oh, absolutely. There's, <clears throat> there's uh, dozens of things. But I would say foundationally, number one is building the right team and the right culture. It seems so basic, but in construction, at least, great cultures don't or rarely exist. Uh, it's an environment that typically, or at least stereotypically, tends to be rough and tumble, difficult, kind of pushy, masculine kind of environments. And so one of the first things we change is that we don't want that. We want a respectful Google. It, it feels a little Google-esque, very upbeat, positive. We fight incredibly hard to find the world's, literally the world's best people all across the world. Uh, 10% of our staff are recruiters. Like we're that focused on finding the best people. I'll give you one example. We have a guy who's one of the best precast concrete uh, um, developers in the country. And he lives in Florida when we found him. And we called him up and he wasn't willing to move from Florida. He still hasn't moved from Florida, but he works for us. We actually fly him up to work in Minnesota every single week. And I got another guy who, uh, uh, Steve Jobs announces the iPhone on stage in 2007. Steve Jobs walks off of that stage and our employee walked on that same stage following Steve Jobs with other related announcements. It's, it's that kind of caliber of person that we keep driving higher. And that's sort of number one is creating that culture that we're willing to change things and finding the best people. Nice. So, okay, so you have some of the best people. And then what are some of the processes that you're engaged in without, without sharing all the, the deep, dark, uh, secret sauce? What, what are you generally doing that is helping the industry so much? Yeah, so uh, another technique is in construction, all the different trades, the people who install the wall outlet is different than the guy doing the sink, who's different than the guy doing the drywall. Uh, imagine in a Toyota plant, if as the cars rode on the, the line, if they had a different company installing the wheel from a different company installing the windshield and a different company installing the door, the door company would call in and say, I, I'm so sorry, we had something come up, we can't be there for another two weeks. You just have to shut down the plant, we'll come back, we'll be fine. That's insane. You would never do that in Toyota. <laughs> um, and it happens all the time in construction. It throws a wrench in everything. And not only that, the guy comes out and he's difficult to deal with. He 
kind of bumps heads with everyone else. And then he looks at the site. If he was at Toyota, he'd be like, I only have one car I can work on. This is insane. Give me a hundred cars, clear everyone out of the plant. I'm just going to work here for the next day or two. And then I'll leave and you can move on. This is how the, the construction industry works. So what we did is we brought everything in-house. So we have all the trades in-house. It's all one team, architectural, engineering. We have manufacturing, wall panels being produced. We have precast concrete is in-house sourcing, the whole gamut of things. Now, once it's in-house, we can then start looking at things that manufacturing does, things like tact time. So typically, People might work an entire floor at a time or a big chunk of the building at a time. We actually break it down into every unit and we produce a new unit right now every five hours. So it's just like an assembly line. It's coming off the end of the building. So if you go into one of our buildings on one end of the building, it's 100% complete. For the other end of the building, there's nothing there. Okay. And by doing that little technique, you can take a year long project and squish it down into four or five months. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's an interesting analogy. So uh, all these different professionals, electricians, the wallboard guy, uh, the lighting guy, uh, uh, the person that does carpeting, they all come in separately, but you, you put them all together into one team and brought it mm -hmm. all in. You don't yeah. have a disruption in the process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yep. So, Mike, what has that done then as far as it's helped cost? Is that right? Yeah. So we're really driving down um, labor productivity in that regards, or improving labor productivity. But costs overall, we are about 20 to 30% less, and we do quite a bit comparison, 20 to 30% less than where other people are producing right now. And we think we can get that down to 50%. And some studies I've seen, like from McKinsey, they claim – Construction, if they're improving everything that we should be improving, can see a five to 10 fold increase in productivity. <laughs> so I think my getting it down to 50% of the cost is actually a bit conservative. But just imagine for a moment what that will do. Imagine right. if your rents were half or your mortgage is half. Right. So. so now, so we're having this conversation, Mike, um, right after the average home price in America has been hitting records now. Of course, the real estate market's having a little bit of trouble now with rates being uh, higher. The mortgage industry has slowed down. Mm -hmm. uh, costs are going up in housing. So maybe that high price won't keep going higher now. But nonetheless, uh, many homes are getting priced uh, to a point that many buyers can't afford the average yeah. home, right? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And then, and then in some areas where there's a lot of restrictions where you can't build, um, that's even higher. Right. So 506. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, so what could this mean if, if, if your model and your techniques were to spread around the industry, what, what could this mean for the average home buyer? So in the long run, our hope is as we scale up and other, other industries learn, uh, other companies learn as well, if we can drop construction costs by 50%, then we can keep building to producing a lot more units and supply and demand, the price then starts to decline eventually to a point that there's a fair profit over the construction costs. And so you could, you could eventually see a 50% decline in pricing in housing in the very long term as we ramp this up. Wow, that's fascinating. 
And uh, we've seen real estate prices just go up and up and up. And uh, so this could mean real, you know, if, if folks adopt some of these techniques, a uh, different way of organizing the team and the structure and how it's built, uh, that we could, you know, see cost, you know, costs even go down, uh, you know, overall, and maybe ho- housing prices could go down. Well, that's not good for investors in housing, but it certainly is good for uh, the buyers of, of housing, um, you know, and, and renters as well, and it all filter through. So very good. You know, we've even come to just expect that in many of other industries, like computers, for example, the pricing, they always keep getting better. The costs come down. It's part of the world. TVs are radically cheaper every year, year and year after. Why, why do we put up with the opposite in housing? It's crazy to me. And we can be using the same techniques in this industry. Right. Well, good. So tell us a little bit more about your teams and how they operate. Uh, it sounds really interesting. Um, do you have the same people doing different functions or do you just have them all in-house on your team? Yeah, it's so uh, we have a couple hundred employees right now and they're all in-house doing all the different parts of the construction. So you have your first guys that are literally digging on one end all the way down and the, the guys screwing up the last light fixtures off on the other end. And most of the people do pretty consistent work. So it feels a little bit like manufacturing in that regard, um, but we can see productivity improvements as a result. Nice. So where are you developing now? Is it primarily in Minneapolis and Minnesota? Yeah, we're, or- we are in Minnesota. We're one of the largest uh, apartment developers in the state and we're really close to being the largest. Uh, and we're actively right now expanding to Texas and uh, we have our first manufacturing facility here in the state. We have two of them now. Uh, and we're actually just starting the design process of a factory in Mexico um, to help drive down costs as well. Nice, nice. So what kinds of trends do you see in the industry? What kind of houses do uh, folks like to buy? What kind of dwellings do folks like to buy? What, what trends are you seeing? You know, one of the ways we like to think about it is renter by choice. Okay. Like uh, people who want a whole complete lifestyle, who don't have to worry about the little nitty gritty details, like you know, some of the other things we're working on, but imagine having uh, apartment cleaning services at the t- touch of a button or dog walking yeah. services or personal masseuse or just a, you know, creating it so that every friction point in your life can be eliminated is sort of the direction we're heading. Uh, as far as the quality of the buildings, our next building is a $100 million building in, uh, in the Twin Cities here. Rooftop pools, penthouse suites with you know, 20-foot ceilings uh, overlooking downtown Minneapolis and St. Paul, right on a transit line. Um, pools, game rooms, facilities, uh, like 10,000 square feet just for amenity space. So... It's, it's almost becoming more like uh, resorts that you live at is kind of where the industry is headed, at least at the higher end. Yes. And we've seen developers with big, uh, big uh, water uh, parks in, in uh, multifamily yeah. housing. We've seen that at certain places in Texas and other areas. What are the features that you see now that are coming into projects like yours? <laughs> as far as amenities? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, for us at our latest project, it's a restaurant, coffee shop, there's co-working space, which is actually kind of a fun new one, uh, given all of our life through COVID. Um, right. 
there is like a, an actual theater. Uh, there is uh, state-of-the-art fitness facilities. There's a kid play zones, which are actually pretty cool. I've seen some buildings have like indoor skate parks. We're not actually doing that, but that that was really neat. Um, we do a sky lounge. We do rooftop patio, rooftop pool, um, the penthouse suites, the easy access to transit, uh, kind of all that stuff. Nice. So your mission is to solve America's housing shortage by transforming the way apartments are built and managed. Is that is that a good way to describe it, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the heart of it, we want to just build and manage awesome apartments. <laughs> and the way we do that, we want to be best in the world at doing that. That's literally the goal. Um, and in, in, in driving, and part of doing that well is driving down the cost of, of construction. So, Michael, what are the um, what are the uh, industry activities that are not very efficient that you're fixing? Is it uh, is it just that structure where there's so many professionals in the way that it causes delays and everything, or is it the cost of those professionals, like union wages and things like that, or what are, what are the things that you're solving? So as far as wages, we actually pay top of market. It seems so counterintuitive, right? <laughs> you, uh, you're trying to drive down the cost, and we actually work to pay the very, very highest wages. And, the, and part of the reason, the strategy behind that, is the best people outperform average people by two to ten times. I've seen it all day, every day. And we're actually getting a deal in hiring better, higher caliber people because their output, the cost per output is actually lower. Okay. Um, but I think of, I think one of the big ones is, is, is people, a lot of our industry doesn't, just gotta get bodies in here, we gotta get stuff done, just go go to town, right? Um, there, there's the infighting between different trades. I mean, think about it. every single building you build, it's very typical to hire a new group of people working together. It's like you're you're bringing a whole freshman class together every single project. Like, why why would you do that? You never do that in other in other industries, but we do in the construction industry. So, um, yeah, it's 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 things like that that are really kind of low hanging fruit. <clears throat> another good one, another good example is engineers and architects. Everyone hires a third-party engineer or architect company. Not a lot of people do that. Engineers and architects are paid by the project, and they want to get the plan set out to you and done as fast and reasonably as they can. They don't engineer the building for constructability, right? So if you just change that mindset, have them in-house, and we're focused on constructability, and I, I've seen it where an engineer will go and over-engineer something because it's easier to do that. Ah. Just make that a really big steel beam. We're, we'll be fine. That will I know that will work. Rather than actually doing the hard work and figuring out what is actually needed in each one of these cases, and if you do that, then you can drive down costs as well. Mm -hmm. Another one is supply chain. I there's so many. Another one's a supply chain management as well. That's a, a fun one to tackle. Well, let's talk about that. What, what is what does that mean? Explain how the supply chain changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. In order for a worker to be productive, they need the exact part to the hour of what they need to work on that point. Not anything extra because then it's in their way. Anything less, they can't do their job. So right. you've got to build a supply chain that handles that. 
Now, the trouble is the sources you're buying from generally are nowhere near <laughs> to that level of accuracy. Oh, we'll be out there in a few days. And in some cases, we're now starting to purchase materials directly from, from Chinese manufacturers. Uh, we're just skipping the middleman in some cases. And in those cases, you've got now a six-month or a yearly time. So you've got to build in a supply chain that can take the disruptions that are happening but are delivering to the unit, to the person at just the right moment that they need that part. So that's a, I don't think most construction companies don't really think about them. Uh, they're like, ah, the easy first answer is just send it all on site. I just want it here so I know it's here. But then you're moving it five times, you damage the product when it's out here. Uh, it's really important to think about that flow and getting that right as well. So how might that change the industry too? There's there's tons of uh, unions that have you know work rules and things like that, and lot of, lots of different programs that could change the industry, couldn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and and I have I'm not I have no problem with people from the union. There's some great people that used to work for the union that now work for us. I think one of the things that maybe is stereotypical about the union is it's kind of a there's not an oomph and energy to like, how do we solve this problem? How do, how do we create new environments? How do, how do we change the way we're doing things? It's much more, uh, let's, this is what I've done. It works. This is fine. Why change anything that's broken? And that, that's kind of what's perpetuated a little bit of the way this industry has worked. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you keep everybody motivated to have that? You, you have an excitement and, a, and, a, and a, uh, just a drive. You could just tell in our conversation. Mm. Keep everybody that motivated. Uh, the trick is to hire people that are also intrinsically motivated. If you do that, it's it's magic. Uh, there isn't a lot of external forces pushing people to be motivated. If I have to push you to be motivated, you're not you're not best in the world. You're not pushing yourself, right? Um, one of our values is just to level yourself up. And one of the things we talk about in that value is nobody owns, you're the only one who owns your own self-improvement. The people who are amazing are the ones asking for things. They're starting classes. We literally have cl dozens of classes in our company that are after work classes that people master their trade and study the code books and stuff like that. But they're intrinsically motivated to do so because we find the people who are, are like that and uh, it's it's pretty magical when you do that. Yeah. So so we find the right people, and we create a different process that limits all the uh, issues and problems in traditional construction, uh, and we're able to lower the cost structure uh, dramatically. So, Mike, when you think about uh, what could this mean for the industry, imagine a world, as you said, where where uh, like, like uh, you know, electronics or technology where the prices go down over time, not up mm -hmm. because of efficiencies. And so you think that's the kind of world that we could bring to construction uh, for multifamily units. Uh, it, it, it could change everything, couldn't it? Absolutely. And I think it's, it's absolutely attainable. It's very tough. Uh, Elon Musk talks about this. To build a car is hard. To build the plant and the system that builds the car is so much harder. It's an order magnitude harder. It's the same thing with construction. To build a building is hard. To build a system that builds 
properties efficiently and well is so much harder. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, great. Well, great. Well, what else would you like to tell us about uh, your company and the way you operate? It sounds fascinating. Yeah, I, I think, you know, a big part of us is just operating by strong values, finding great people and, and creating an amazing culture. Uh, we do orientation every single week for new, new hires. And then every month I do what's called follow-up orientation. So I meet with everyone a month later. It's interesting at orientation, people hear the, the culture and the stuff that we proclaim we have. Like, yeah, I, I've heard that before, right? I've seen this before. There's a little bit of, ah, prove it, right? And I tell them during orientation, come back. I'll meet with you in a month or two, and you get to tell me what that experience is actually like. I should have recorded it. I, they're all like this. But this morning, I just did the follow-up orientation, and the guys are like, dude, I was the skeptic. I, I, there's no way I thought construction could be like this. And then I walked on site and people were helpful. They were answering questions. They want to see me succeed, like bouncing ideas off of each other. They're excited to hear my new ideas, change, changing the way we're doing things. Like, this is fun. Like, I didn't think this could exist. And I, I hear that story over and over and over again. And it, it's, it's mind-blowing. Like, our goal is to be best in the world with this. And that means, in some ways, to become the Google of construction and Many construction guys have never experienced a culture like that. And to, to see the joy on their faces, to see that kind of culture is so cool. It's amazing. It makes it, it, makes it all worth it. Nice. Well, great. Well, we look forward to some, to some great things in the future, Mike. Um, are there any other messages you'd like to send to uh, the investing public? I think a few hundred people in the, in the near term and a few thousand over time will see this. And so we have a big stage here. Uh, are there any other messages you'd like to send to the, uh, the the housing public and the investing public? Yeah, for investing, uh, we historically have never taken on investment. This is all because our costs are so low. We generate so much cash that uh, we've been able to use our own cash to grow. Um, we have started to look at it, opening that up just a little bit. Not, not actually open at the moment, not actually public, but as people listen to this, by the time you do listen to it, there might be opportunities there. So go ahead and visit our website um, for that if there are opportunities, if you have interest in getting involved. And then uh, the housing public, I, I feel the pain of housing prices. And it, frankly, if you go look at our prices, our rental rates are all market rates. So they're all high as well. Most people want to solve that by things like government programs to, to bridge those, the financial gap, to lower the rents down. It's just not sustainable. But if we can work together to sustainably solve the cost structure in building housing, we can actually provide real relief to America. And I am, it's, it'll take a lifetime, but I'm very excited. I, I honestly think we can achieve that. Your, your excitement is palpable. Uh, and and uh, when we go on uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, you have uh, all the social media here. What will we see? What, what do you have out there? Uh, depends on which social media you go to. If you go to my Facebook, you can see uh, uh, more of my personal life. I have all that public. You can see my kids and uh, uh, our adventures. Uh, my LinkedIn is more professional. It's historically been very focused on great workplaces and cultures, and that's uh, over time, that actually built quite a bit of a following. That was fun. Um, 
our company pages are starting to show stuff of a little bit behind the scenes what things look like um actually i'm in a podcast studio right now we're actually looking at ramping up our own podcast uh it's not all public yet but the idea behind it is it's it'd be called becoming a unicorn and right now we're probably a 200 million dollar company uh, <clears throat> Uh, we've been doubling in size every year. If that continues, we'll eventually become a private company worth more than a billion dollars. But wouldn't it be interesting to open that company up, to see what it's like behind the scenes, to see the ups and the downs uh, in real time, in real life. And that's the podcast that we're exploring and maybe uh, launching as well, which you'll see on the social media uh, if and when that launches. Nice. Well, good. Well, we have the Facebook page for Norhart. We have Instagram, you're out there on YouTube as well with videos, uh, and, yeah. and and also obviously you're on LinkedIn. So all of our listeners can go on and watch your activity, see what's going on, and and then maybe some of your development will come to a city uh, near them, and everyone can benefit yeah. from cost structure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. That's great. Well, great. Well, thank you, Michael. We we are. Um, you know, very fortunate that you've joined us and, you know, we'll see trends uh, kind of bubble up in unique areas and uh, Minneapolis and Minnesota is now an innovator in, in uh, reducing the cost curve in, in housing in generally in America. So uh, we'll, we'll look yeah. forward to how that, how that goes across the industry and, and, uh, and hopefully we are the benefit for it. So if, if our predictions are right here, uh, maybe the whole cost structure of housing changes. Yeah, well, that's that's the dream. That's what I'm hopefully here on Earth to help solve. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's been great to have you with us today, and uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks, Mike. And uh, we'll be back again with a market commentary episode on today's Market Explain, uh, and then some other great interviews later on as well after that. But we're very fortunate you're with us today again, Mike, and thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody. Um, and we'll be back very soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you heard something here that someone else you know will find value from, please share the episode directly with them. Want us to answer your investing question directly on the next episode? Go to todaysmarketexplained.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and submit your question. Please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube to see the best moment video clips from every episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and keep on growing out there, everyone.